0: You're listening to the Jaguar Beat Podcast, where we break down the most current topics at St. Joseph Academy, home of the Jaguars. Here you will have a chance to learn more about the Academy through conversation and guests that will certainly be more entertaining than these hosts. Let us know what you think of this episode, suggest future topics, or share your story ideas with us on Twitter, at SJA Athletics. Now, your hosts, Athletic Director, Mr. John Manuzak, and social studies teacher, and academy favorite, Mr. Nick Rowaldi.
1: Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Jaguar Beat Podcast. Uh, happy Cinco de Mayo for everyone out there, as we're hosting episode nine of our show here on May 5th. Uh, Nick Rowaldi and I are back again, and today we are pleased to be joined on the show by the head softball coach at St. Joseph Academy, Mr. Dale Dawson. So, certainly looking forward to that Uh, but first just a quick some quick thoughts from both of us as we turn the calendar into May here and I think Nick um, when you see May on the calendar at least when you work in a school or go to school you kind of by nature just get excited for the rest of the school year and I think even though this has been the strangest spring certainly of our lifetimes I'm sure uh, I'm sure that feeling's still there
0: Oh, definitely, you know, and especially just this past weekend, the weather was so beautiful out, you know, and I was thinking about, uh, you know, pause for pride on on Friday, you know, that was, that was, of course, missed this year, and uh, we had such great spring weather, and this is just such a fun time of year. Matter of fact, you know, we'll be talking to Coach Dawson here soon, but I know I was missing baseball this weekend. I was out doing yard work, and there's nothing better than, you know, just like listening to an afternoon Indians game in the spring when you're out doing yard work and just Mm -hmm. enjoying one of the first nice days of the year, so I I was missing baseball for sure. (laughs) Thank you. The <laughs> cat um, but I was actually at school today, and, and it was a very oh. strange feeling. You know, I uh, we had the social studies department is actually headed over to Fitzmaurice Hall next year. You know, we're moving on up, and uh, I was at school boxing up some stuff for the move, and the hallway I teach in, you know, I've taught in for the last few years will look dramatically different really soon, and it was, it was a little bit nostalgic, to be honest. I was uh, packing up what's been my room for the last five years, and I've got a great view. I'm very lucky. I got this great view of the valley out of the back window, and it's really cool to see all the seasons from my room, but there's really nothing like May, kind of that end of the school year and everything's greening up and coming back to life and that that natural end of the year excitement's in the air too i was like looking out the window for a bit today and thinking about what school would have been like you know we start taking classes outdoors and students eating lunch on the scholar's porch and we'd be building up to the ap exams all that excitement the pause for pride stuff is still usually hanging up at this point too mm-hmm. and you know definitely a bit sad for what we've lost this spring but it also made me really excited for next year uh for a number of reasons i said the new building is going to be fantastic we got some some Pictures of it uh, uh, this week, and it looks great. So I'm I'm very excited for the move and for the new beginnings there. And what was our hallway is going to be the makerspace next year, and that's going to be pretty tremendous as well. And uh, I actually was very excited to see some people other than my immediate family today, which was nice change. You know, there's limits on the amount of people that can be in the building, but I got a chance to see a few colleagues, and I saw Rick Morsher and his staff, which was awesome. Uh, always good catching up with him, and uh, it already made me look forward to next fall. So.
1: Yeah, for sure. No, that's great. Um, You know, I think for me personally, the thing I've been kind of working on the last few weeks is our college signing day event. Um, And that is probably my favorite event of the year. And it's something that I certainly look forward to every May. Uh, And this year, I think was going to be really, you know, exciting for us. We have 14 seniors um, that are going to play college sports next year, which is just... That's awesome. Um, And, and, you know, we have some variety too. We have um, eight different programs that they're coming from. So um so we're really excited to do that. And that's just a, such a fun day. And um you know we're having that event online tomorrow. It's on Zoom and it won't be the same as it normally is, but we're hoping to make it as, as nice as we can to recognize those those seniors. And we'll post it on our website and social media and hopefully everyone will be able to check it out and enjoy it. But on my list of favorite events at SJ so I'm certainly Oh
0: yeah I'll definitely check that out. That sounds great. What a nice way to honor those girls.
1: Yeah so it's it's pretty cool. Um, And and certainly one person who's been part of that day um, in previous years is our guest today. Coach Dawson um, has been the head coach at St. Joseph Academy since the fall of 2015, and he has been an absolutely great addition to our community. Um, His teams really have kind of rewritten the record books that we have for our softball program since he took over last year. Uh, The team set a school record with 21 wins. We were ranked in the Division I state poll for the first time in our school history, um, he earned some some North Coast League, the North Coast League Coach of the Year Award. He was the Cuyahoga County Coach of the Year, um, which was a great honor for him. And he certainly also coached some of our, our players to um, to some recognition, which is which is really neat. One of them was Maya Johnson, who's a, a junior pitcher for us. And she was an All-Ohio second team selection last year. And um, That is a very rare feat to be kind of that high across the state of Ohio. Um, prior to coming back, prior to coming to SJ, he was the head coach out of Edison High School. Um, He had very successful teams out there, took his team to the Final Four in 2012, I'm also coached at Southview High School prior to that. Um, Coach Dawson also has served as the president of the Ohio Soccer Coaches Association, so he's very knowledgeable about the sport, about the OHSAA, and is very, very well connected across the state, and we really appreciate him being on our show today. So, Coach Dawson, thanks for joining us. How are you today?
2: Good. Hey, thanks for the kind words, um, John, and uh, John and Nick. Thank you for the invitation to, to come on on here today. I hope everybody's doing well and and staying safe and uh um, you know minding their social distancing so we can get <laughs> out find us as soon as possible and get back to some resemblance of a normal life here.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I will say too, I mentioned this on the show before, how how great our coaches have been about communicating with our, our athletes through this time and, and coach Dawson's certainly at the forefront of that. They do a weekly Zoom call with a guest and he's just done a tremendous job with that. So this first question for for you today is um you know you've coached for quite a while and, and I know you've seen a lot of kind of st- strange things throughout the years but I would imagine kind of what happened this spring is probably unlike anything you've seen before huh
2: Oh no I mean you know crazy spring is is the weather right you know the the craziness of the schedule and the you know the practice times and the rainouts and the reschedules and and, and you plan for, you know, when you sit down and make your goals, you're like, okay, what obstacles can come up and what can be our hurdles that we've got to come over to reach our, reach our goals. And you start thinking of, okay, we got to build depth to get over injuries or academic issues and, you know, develop team chemistry. Um, but you don't sit down and come up with a plan to how we can get around a pandemic. Um, mm-hmm. This is a first for me, and I'm sure it's a first for everybody. And it's, um, it's just one of those things that, you know, you, you go back to the cliche of control the controllables. And, um, you know, like you mentioned a few minutes ago, the communication, those are the things we can control. We can't control if we're going to get back in the field or not, but we can control the things we do like the communications and working in a mental game and keeping ourselves in shape and things like that. But yeah, it was, it's, this was something we could never plan for, never foresee coming or happening.
1: Yeah. Coach and I kind of joke about this too, but you know, we set aside a schedule of 27 games for the year and I, you know, on a, on an average year, I'd say probably maybe five or six of those are actually played on the day that we schedule them when we do the schedule in the, the fall and winter. So I mean, softball, about, yeah, five, five or six and we're lucky. Yeah. So softball, you know, all spring sports but softball, just with field conditions is, is used to change. I mean, that is kind of how they, how they deal with things throughout the year in Northeast Ohio. But, but certainly this was something that was unprecedented
0: before. So, Coach, one for me. Uh, you know, coming into SJA five years ago without any real, you know, knowledge of our community or, t- or ties to the school, what have been your impressions of uh, St. Joseph Academy, and, and what have you enjoyed about coaching here?
2: You know, so when I first, you know, I had to switch schools. My job is in the Cleveland area, um, and I really didn't know much about the uh, the school. Um, I was just, you know, looking for something that was a fit in the Cleveland area, and I just kind of randomly stumbled upon SJA. Um, and as I started doing research, and, and honestly, I go back to, the, go back to that, uh, John, I think one of the best parts of the interview process was is meeting the prospective seniors. I go mm-hmm. back to that group in 2016. I think we had Vinjanovich, Allison Kwan, Hannah Hill, those guys like that. And, and sitting down and talking to those girls, I think it was an hour, hour and a half. And first off, it's, it's a device, d- d- um, um, diverse group, um, smart kids, which fits into my philosophy is more. I like teaching the game rather than the coaching. So I saw this smart group of kids um, that wanted to be taught the game, that wanted to be coached, that wanted to compete, that were good teammates, looked like they had solid family support. We had an administrative team that that supported the the program. We had the school administration um, that was supporting the programs. Um, then you know, from from the perspective of a of a father with a daughter. Um, Just looking at the things the school does to empower young ladies, um, it seemed when I went through that process, and even to this day, I see those same values have carried through in each class. I've been very blessed to have that same diverse group that has been smart, eager to be coached, that wanted to be successful, that wanted to be challenged, um, and we've had the support. I mean, that's the thing that really stands out to me and has been consistent
1: um, for five years. Yeah, that's great. I remember that, that class, obviously. And I think I remember that specific interview because we do that for a lot of our coaching interviews where we'll have a group of our, usually our returning seniors um, who, who kind of host a, a portion of the interview. And I think that one was one where it was like, okay, girls, like, you got to get back to class. Let's go. You know, and they just wanted to talk, talk softball. And I think, I think Dale wanted to do the exact same thing. So I do remember that being pretty cool.
0: Right on. yep, and uh, some of those students you named too were exceptionally great kids. I remember Hannah Hill and, and Allison as well, so you had a, a good first bunch to work with too. So, uh, anyway, you know, one for me, just kind of looking forward, uh, looking down the road, do you have uh, any thoughts on what will, will likely need to happen for us to resume high school sports? And, and what are some of the challenges you think that, that are going to need to be addressed?
2: You know, that's a good question. I'm, you know, on the in the leadership, uh, being involved in the leadership for the coaching association, I'm I'm on calls. Here and there, with the OHSAA and some other groups um, that are going to be involved in, I think, making some of these decisions. I, I don't have an answer, and I don't think they do. I think every day the goalpost is moving as data is coming out, um, and I think the answer is going to be as each day more data comes out and we see is this how contagious is this, how deadly is it? Um, I, I think that's going to. I think we're probably a couple of weeks from having that answer. Um, What's it going to look like in the fall? Are we going to you know, be segregated into different days? Are we going to be remote again? Um, I, I don't know, and I, I don't think anybody's got a, a finite answer on that. And you know, if we do come back and it is remote, are we on staggered days? What's that do with athletics? Um, do we have sports in the fall? Um, and if we don't have sports in the fall, does that mean we don't have sports at all? Because the fall is the the, the primary money maker for the for the school budgets. Um and for OHSA along with the school. So I, that may have a ripple effect. There's no school in the fall. There may not be sports next year. Maybe you have maybe you have more club teams pop up or you know, intramural teams for a year. I mean, there's a lot of lot of possibilities out there. And you know, like I said, I don't think anybody's got an answer right now.
1: And I think I think that was probably the hardest part for your program specifically, you know, when this all started was just the not knowing. You know, it was okay, we're going to postpone spring sports for a while, and we're going to wait, and we're going to wait. And I think they, I mean, they, they made the right decision, obviously. But I think the hardest thing in talking to you and, and some of the students was just not knowing what was going to be happening and when a decision would be made. Because how did, how did the girls on your team, how did they kind of handle that, respond to that?
2: You know, the, the seniors, you know, they were upset because, you know, it's more than just softball for them. You know, they're losing their, their senior year. They're losing prom. They're losing graduation, the walk. Um, so, uh, you know, they really took it hard, um, the, you know, sophomores and juniors, um, you know, they took it hard as well. Um, you know, you, you kind of feel bad for the freshmen because, you know, here the freshman comes in there, like they're, they they do not know what they're missing, mm-hmm. it's, you feel bad for those girls. They worked hard off all, all year and finally got a chance to, to play the sport they've been getting ready for and it's taken away from them, um, but it's it's tough, it's tough. Um, not knowing, to your point, it's, you know, and still not open, you know, are we, you see things starting to open up a little bit here and there, the schools or um, businesses and things of that sort, and are we making the right decision? I think there's a you know, a lot of questions still out there.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, obviously it's it's hard for all of our teams and all the teams across the country and in every sport. But for your team in particular, I think everyone on that team, I think you, I think, you know, everyone that was around that program really kind of had some high expectations and a very talented team um, for this spring. I guess what, maybe one of the, what are the things that you were kind of most looking forward to with this group this year?
2: Well, that's, I've asked, people have asked me that question numerous times, and it's kind of a depressing <laughs> question. I know. <laughs> you sit back, like, you know, as a coach, you try to, you do long-term planning and, and if you're lucky, sometimes those long-term plans finally come together where your team's good and maybe the other competition area is a little down and the schedule's gonna you know break in your favor. Well, that was one of those years for us. We had what 14, 14 returning letter winners out of a roster of 16. I think we had what three four-year letter winner captains coming back. We have one of the best pitchers in the state. Um we had that we had the burn from losing a district finals last year where you know, I think we thought we may have probably should have done a little bit better. So you had that motivation coming back. We had record numbers in the offseason, whether it was the 6 a.m. workouts in January and February to having three winter teams this year, you know, kids playing, you know, from November, December, January. Um, we felt we had a really focused group. And, you know, we set out our goals. And, and some of our goals were, of, of you know, the highest you can you can shoot for. And uh, so it was, it was really disappointing to, to kind of have that. Not not be able to you know you're, you're always going to have those what ifs, um, and this is going to be one of those what if seasons.
0: Yeah, I know. I was I, I live in North Ridgeville, so I know North Ridgeville is your guys' home home field uh, at, at Victory Park, I think it is, right? And I I, I tried right. to get out to a couple games every year, and I know I, I went last year, and I could see the talent on that team. I happened to go to a game where Maya was pitching, and it was <laughs> I was I was genuinely impressed. I mean, she's an, an incredible talent, and uh, uh, you know, really really neat. Uh, uh, group of kids you had on the team. I have a bunch of them in class this year too. So, um, you know, talking about that though, you've had a lot of experience helping some girls play collegiate sports as well, or getting to that collegiate level um, who are, you know, obviously exceptionally talented. Can you share some advice with some of the students out there, athletes listening who may have an interest in eventually doing that?
2: Sure. Um, I'll I'll speak generically and then I'll come back to this year because this year is going to be a little abnormal. Um, So, you know, the number one thing I, I tell, tell girls is, uh, um, make sure that you truly understand what playing collegiate sports means, um, whether that's a division one, division two or division three. Um, if you go to, you know, one, of, you know, it could be a job. So you're, make sure you're comparing a scholarship versus getting a job, um, because that's the time commitment. Make sure you understand the time commitment it is to play division one athletics versus division two versus, versus division three. Um, secondly, I would say pick your school. Um, based on your major or based on a school that you would have chosen even if you weren't playing softball or whatever sport you play. Because if that sport goes away, uh, you want to make sure you're at a school that you enjoy and you're, you're working towards a degree that uh, is something you're interested in. And thirdly, you know, communicate, 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 you know, get in front of the college coaches. Um, you, you, you know, it's, it's like applying for a job. you got a lot of competition out there um, in the only, you know, limited, limited spots. Um, so make sure they know who you are. Um, as far as this year, um, I was on a zoom call last week with, um, some Mac softball coaches and they were talking about the budget cuts. Um, and you know, there's only so much money you can, you, you can have, you can cut out of the budget. So you you still got the games, you still got the umpires, still got the balls, still got traveling. So the one constant that they were all talking about cutting is recruiting. Um, so their advice for this year's athlete or the class of 21 or class of even 22 would be to, you need to go to them. Um, they're not gonna have the the, the the money to travel to recruit. So if you wanna play at a Kent State, you wanna play at Akron, you wanna play to Cincinnati, they recruit in the summer in our sport. Make sure you go geographically in that area where they can see you. Kent State's not gonna come to Colorado to see you. Uh, Boston College is not gonna go to Alabama to see you play. So geographically, you know, really work in your list, figure out where you wanna go, narrow it down, play or expose yourself in tournaments that are in that geographic area, because that's all colleges are going to, the coaches are going to have the money to go to nowadays in the next couple of years.
1: Coach, you talked about, um, kind of, you mentioned the seniors earlier. I know you had, you had five on your roster for this year. Can you talk a little bit about maybe what your message has been to them, um, you know, as, as their season kind of ended and their careers kind of ended the way that you would never hope it would, but kind of what you've said to them and how they've responded.
2: Yeah. Um, So we're very blessed. We have five outstanding um, seniors this year. Um, Allie Lane, Frankie Milosevic, Megan Harrison, Anna Soltis, Abby Peterson, all five are outstanding people, outstanding softball players. Um, You know, I I struggle with what the right thing is to tell them, you know, it's, Hey, I'm sorry. Um, you, you, You know, this is how much you've meant to the program, um, you know, as players, as people. Um, you know, before the ultimate cancellation of the season, you know, we would give them the message of, you know, staying in shape, working the controllables and, you know, let's communicate and work in the mental game. Um, you know, once, once the season was canceled, um, you kind of reflect and you look at that group as a whole, and it's like, this is the first group of students, you know, they were born in the shadows of 9-11. You know, they were born in 2001, 2002. You know, they get to their high, their senior year of high school, they lose their senior year. I mean, you know, what's the right thing to tell these guys? They've never experienced the normal we had in our generation growing up before 2000, before 9-11. So it's, you know, you think about the totality of what they've gone through in their life. I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. They've, you know, they've gone through a a lot of diversity and struggles. They've, they've got, they've got the potential in this class to generate some outstanding leaders based on their experiences and things they've gone through in their life already. They're going to sit back, unlike all of us, they can see, Hey, I've, I've gone through this, I've experienced this. And, and, uh, the next thing isn't, isn't that bad.
1: Yeah, and I think that's what we've been, you know, we've been telling them, you've been telling them, all our coaches have said, like, you know, when when this is all done and over with and you look back, you're going to learn things from this. And I know that isn't helpful now, and I don't think it makes a difference to you at this point, but I mean, I, I do think they will ultimately, you know, gain a lot from this experience, so.
0: No doubt. We've been preaching that as teachers as well. It's just, you know, how how are you going to react to this? That's going to be the key. Are you going to use this as, as a springboard to do something great, you know, seeing it as a new opportunity, right. Uh, to, to just even be better than you were before. So that's great advice. Yeah,
1: Dale, One thing I think that, you know, everyone that knows you would agree on this is that you, I think, love coaching softball. Um, you know, what was kind of your initial draw to coaching and, and how did you start your coaching career? And did you think that, you know, you would have a long career like this coaching, uh, coaching the sport.
2: So I originally was not interested in coaching, but I remember the day my daughter was five years old and my wife came back from picking her up in daycare at the YMCA and said, Hey, they can't find a coach for the soccer team. (laughs) Any interest? (laughs) So I had played about every sport growing up from, you know, baseball, you know, football, cross country, whatever else, you know, growing up. I had not played soccer, and she said, hey, you want to coach a five-year-old soccer team? Like, if, you know, if they can't find anybody else, I guess I'll do Mm -hmm. it. Um, Of course, I couldn't find anybody else, Um, and it took me about one practice to say, hey, I I actually like this, and uh, this is something I enjoy watching, you know, the players get better and seeing their their growth and, and just the fun and the craziness that comes out of it, and from that point on, when she was five years old, I, you know, coached my daughter through all levels of softball and through basketball. I have two boys. I coach them from tackle football, flag football, baseball. Um, the, the bad part is my, my daughter, I coached her all through travel ball and she got, uh, she got into her freshman year of high school. Um, and said, Hey dad, I don't want to play softball anymore. I want to focus on basketball. I'm like, no, <laughs> <laughs> you can't leave me. Yeah. Um, so that's when, uh, so I was coaching a travel team back then. And, uh, uh, the core of that team was from Lorraine and uh, they had an opening in their JV program. And uh, the uh, parents approached me and said, Hey, why don't you coach school sports, um, didn't know much about it. Um, I'll tell you, I was the, the first, the coach at Southview at the time was his name was uh, Rich Brown. He was a retired army major. He ran the ROTC program. Um, I would highly recommend working like, working with somebody like that as your first year as a coach you want to talk about being taught discipline respecting rank respecting players how to organize yourself organize practices how to teach i mean go work with a retired army major it was was a yeah i i owe him a lot in my things i've you know my coaching philosophies and ideals and stuff like that and um yeah so spent a couple years at southview and went from there and wanted to um start my own program so I went out to Edison for a couple of years and uh, for seven years and ultimately here at uh, SJA so I owe it all to the five-year-old soccer league at the YMCA
0: <laughs> oh help me out where is Edison
2: Edison is in Milan Ohio it's directly down route 250 from uh, like Cedar Point from Sandusky
0: that's all right I thought it might be West here okay gotcha gotcha
2: yeah so uh, I live right. in Vermilion so it's not far it was you know 15 minutes um, from my house
0: Right on, nice. Um, one more question for me, coach. Um, you know, I was thinking about this, that, that one of maybe the unique challenges of being a softball coach is compared to maybe like basketball or, or volleyball, where you've got a few days in between games, and you can set up, you know, specific game plans is, and especially we talked about with the amount of rainouts you guys might have in a Cleveland spring, you might end up playing virtually every single day, or even sometimes twice a day, uh, when the weather's nice. So, what are some of the positives of that, of playing so many games, you know, quickly kind of on top of each other without a lot of practices? And, and maybe what are some of the, the negatives of that as well, or some of the challenges that come along with that?
2: Well, if we're playing a lot of games back to back, first off, that means we're having nice weather. So, that's a good thing right off the bat. Um, then the other things would be, um, you know, short memory. So, if you've got, you know, if you're playing, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, if you've got a bad game on Wednesday, you have an opportunity to flip that around on Thursday. Um, so you have a short memory of bad games um, you know if you, and if you're in a good stretch, you have the opportunity to keep momentum going and uh, you know kind of play that out um, and it gets us out of the gym and um, I actually like playing a lot of back to back games because you know we've been successful and I think it's a good opportunity to keep momentum going now the the negatives to playing a lot of you know back to back games is you know player fatigue so if you've got you know if you're limited in pitchers. You know that's a major setback right there or, or something you've got to um, figure out a way to get around um, then as as you can ride a a good good flow or a good string of games, you also couldn't get in a slump if you don't have practice time to work in your fundamentals and get out of it, you could have prolonged slumps because of the lack of practice time um, but I kind of enjoy the the back to
1: back games in the summer because that means
2: we're having decent weather
1: I think that's one of the the hard parts of the schedule at least when I look at it is because you're you know, if weather is good, you're playing every day, but then you get, like, to the tournament, and you play, and you have two days off, and you play again, and then you might wait four or five days over a weekend and pick up, you know, in the district round the following week, and there is so much time, and obviously that's when the, you know, the pressure's on a little bit more, so you have, you know, these, these young ladies are used to playing every single day, and now they're sitting around for two, three, four days thinking about their upcoming game, and I'm sure that kind of the mental challenge of that is is sometimes hard to deal with, too. Right, right. Um, one of the things too, and I think kind of our sort of our last question here is um, and we've talked a little bit about this today, but one of the things I think we all appreciate about interscholastic athletics is how they teach life lessons. And I think that's true even for coaches. Um, you know, for you, you work in the communications technology field. Is your profession, you're a husband, you're a parent. Do you have any suggestions on kind of how you've made that that balancing act possible over the years? Yeah, you know, it's number one, I've been blessed with a, with a supportive
2: family. Um, you know, from my wife to all three of my kids, um, we all enjoy sports. Um, we see the values in sports, um, the lessons that you get out of it. Um, and I've been blessed to have a, a career where I've had some flexibility, um, PTO management, um, to allow <laughs> coaching in the afternoons. Um, you know, it's, uh, make sure you got your priorities, you you know, there, there's times during the season where it's easy to, to get wrapped up in the game, um, but you've got to uh, make sure that, you know, when the game's over. You've, you've got to make sure that your family's there, number one. Um, and Like I said, I, I'm blessed to have a, a wife that's, that's very uh, uh, flexible and supportive. Um, and, and it kind of works. She's, she's not a uh, sport person at all. Um, she'd much rather be reading a book than watching a game. So if I come home and whether it's a good game or bad game, I can bounce things off of her, it, and it's the same response. Oh wow, okay, or you know those kind of things, and it it works out very dynamics. The dynamics work out, um, and you know I've got uh, all three of my kids are in the coaching now. My daughter is a guidance counselor in Columbus. Um, she's coached basketball at uh, Marietta when she first got out of school. Uh, my son coached freshman basketball at Vermillion this year, and my youngest um, is coaching some travel basketball. Um, so it's, it's led to some bonding, um, but I would say that, you know, time management, um, keeping your priorities straight, um, and just being focused on, you know, not on the wins and losses, but what you're trying to, to teach and what you're trying to get out of it. And uh, I've taken that from my teams to my to my family and, and, you know, shared my love for coaching and passion for coaching with my kids. And fortunately for me, all three of them got into it, and um, it's a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. I mean, and that's exactly what, that's exactly what our students are having to do as well. So, I mean, I think they uh, are certainly always up for the challenge and, um, and that's some good advice there. So um, coach, we really appreciate you kind of taking the time to be on our show today. I know you'd rather be out there and uh, coaching every day and, you know, on this podcast talking about getting ready for a a tournament run, but, uh, you know, that would have started next week, I guess, but hopefully we can maybe redo this a year from now and we'll, We'll talk about how uh, what a great regular season it was, and, and kind of what the what the tournament schedule looks like. So, we really appreciate you being here, and, um, and thanks. Yep, thank you very much, Coach.
2: You're welcome. Thank you for the invite, and continue to stay safe, everybody.
1: And uh, and thanks to everyone out there again for listening. Um, we we're hoping to have some SJA students back on the next episode, so we're looking forward to that. But certainly, in the meantime, stay safe and healthy, and we will talk to you all soon. Bye, everybody.